right, so today is going to be a very casual, very raw episode. I have my very good friend, Kate Broughton, with me. She is the CEO and founder of One Goal Revolution. I had the great opportunity of having her on my very first podcast, Food for Thought, and she's just such a brilliant human being, and I correct she is such a brilliant human becoming because she's becoming her best version every single day. So, Kate, such an honor to have you back. It is so great to be back with you, Mila. I love everything you're doing and I love to be a part of it in any way that I can. Thank you. I felt the same way about you because you're doing great, great things for One Goal Revolution. You're giving a voice to so many women, so many people out there to share their stories, the challenges that they go through and how they shift their challenges into solutions. So I am really excited to have you today. And today we're going to talk about scarcity in the culture of competing and we're just going to be raw casual you've got your tea or coffee i saw I a mug. coffee coffee <laughs> <laughs> so, surprisingly i make coffee today instead of yes tea. <laughs> coffee talk <laughs> yes coffee talk with kate and Mila. <laughs> all right so let's just dig in into the topic of scarcity. What is scarcity? Let's begin with that. So scarcity is, is kind of this mindset, like you talked about before, it's this mindset of competition. And it's from what I, how I understand it, it's also like not believing that you're enough. So you're always competing with people when you're actually, you're, you really should be looking at yourself and seeing your value and seeing your purpose and seeing your gifts and talents instead of looking outward. But because you're looking outward and you're seeing other people's Instagrams or other things, it forces you then to look at yourself and you, you start comparing yourself to the other person and you feel like you're not enough. I like how you put it as you're not enough. And I, I agree with that. A lot of the times we feel that we're not enough based on the lens of other people. Right. Right. And there's a theory called the licking, licking self glass. If, well, do not quote me. I can't remember the exact name of the theory, but it depends. It relates to how we look at ourselves based on opinions of others or based on how people look at us or how we are graded, right? In schools, like if our teacher says, oh, you're not that intelligent or you get a, a C grade or at what your performance review is bad, we tend to take that feedback and manifest it to be our identity, our mindset, and that creates what you say. The, the, the state of I am not enough. Mm. So that's a really good point that you brought up. Why? My question is why are being why are people being so like not jealous? I'm trying to find the exact words. I'm having a brain fart right now. <laughs> <laughs> why are people so well, let's say jealous, jealous of other people, right? Competitive. Or, right, competitive. Yeah, there's a lot of different, I think there's, I think it's hard to pin it down to one word. Right, right. A lot of different ways, but I, I, I think um, 
I think it depends. There are a lot of different things. So first of all, you mentioned like being in school. I think a lot of things start when we're little. So, you know, how you're treated by your family members, how you're treated by your parents, um, how you're treated by other kids in school. If somebody starts to say something about you and even then it's like, you know, kids don't just automatically, I don't think there are some things that kids are born with, but I don't think that kids naturally just jump in and are mean people. They're, it's usually a learned behavior from something else. And so hurt people hurt people. And that starts even when you're little. So if you know a kid doesn't feel confident about themselves because they're being put down by their parents or something, some other sibling or someone else, they end up taking it out on somebody else. Well, then we end up getting the brunt of that and we start looking at ourselves and saying, am I ugly? Am I fat? Am I all these things? Um, and it really start. I mean, it really starts when you're little, I think, and we have, we have the power. That's why I think it's so important. Parents' jobs are so important and our jobs as adults, even with all the kids that we know, I just was at a theme park with my godson the other day and just thinking about that, he's seven and things that he's already learning and things that he's already thinking about and insecurities he's already having. Um, I have such a responsibility as an adult in his life to really be a voice of reason and to challenge him and help him to see his value. So I think there's a lot that happens when we're younger, um, but also now as we're older, you know, there's a lot of competition in jobs. I know you're based out of DC. I remember seeing so much of that when I lived in DC, this kind of cutthroat attitude where you're so busy looking at other people and what other people are doing and trying to climb the ladder that you forget to even look at yourself and say, what was I made for? What is my purpose? How am I different? How am I unique? You know, we each have, we each have a unique purpose on this earth. I really believe that. And the, this life is our journey of finding out what that purpose is, you know, and, and many people, we go through different chapters in our lives, many, many chapters, many jobs, many relationships, friendships, all these things are all a part of our journey. Um, so, you know, as you're an adult, your kind of conflict with scarcity and competition um, transforms into kind of something different. And now with social media, I just feel like we're bombarded with it every single day where it's like you, you look at Instagram and right away it's like, you know, people are putting forward different things, which is great. I love social media. I love seeing what other people are doing. And when our, my friends go on trips and I know you're the same Mila, it's like, we want to be a part of our friends' lives. We want to see pictures of their sweet kids and like, um, you know, our friends' families as they grow. I want to see wedding pictures of, you know, different friends if I'm not able to be there um, or people traveling or people's jobs or things that people are doing and involved in. I want to see all of that, but there also is this, there's also this um, pressure to start kind of that we start to put on ourselves like, oh, look at that person. Their, their life looks so happy you know, oh, I'm miserable. I'm sitting here by myself and I have no, I have nobody to hang out with on a Friday night. And so-and-so was out and they didn't invite me. You know, it just, it transformed, it's become this like snowball that we didn't have to deal with before because we're really drinking out of a fire hose with everything. With I love communication. I love so, so, social media. It's become one of the greatest gifts in our culture, I believe, because we have an opportunity to reach people and reach out to people that we may not have done before. But at the same time, you see, 
depression rising, you see suicide rates rising, especially among young people. I mean, that is one of the most heartbreaking things to research and look up is the amount of young people that are committing suicide. And a lot of it goes back to this social media stuff. They're being bullied. They're, um, you know, not seeing their value. They start to second guess themselves. They're not enough. There's this attitude that we're not enough. And I really think that it's a mindset that we have to every single day fight back against and remind ourselves and surround ourselves with people that remind us that we matter and that we have a purpose and that we are unique and our uniqueness is beautiful and powerful and it has a place in this world that no one else can repl replicate. That is like epic. It is. It is. <laughs> I am lost for words. Oh my God. That was a lot. That was a lot. It just <laughs> You just came in with a machine gun and you went... <laughs> But it's just it, there's a lot of levels to it, and right. I think that it, it you know it's something that is so singular, um, but it's also there are so many different levels, and I think it transforms into different parts of our lives, and we need to be aware of it, and we need to challenge it and challenge it in our minds and fight back against it, and I feel like it's a daily struggle that all of us have to deal with. I like what how you said nothing is singular. And surprisingly, I wrote an article about the concept of singularity, mm. the detrimental concept of singularity and the, and the effects of singularity. Because when we only look at certain things from one lens, right? Mm. We're only looking from one perspective. Um, I always like to use this, this example of, I don't know if you've seen this picture on Instagram. It was circulating for the longest time of Prince, Prince William, and he's holding his hand like this, where, you know, from one angle, it just looks like this. And then from the next angle, it looks as though he's flipping his middle finger. Oh, I never saw that. So, and, and, and the caption was, your perception of something might be different from the other person's perception. It's all about which angle you're looking at. It's all about which perspective you're coming from and that ties in really well with what you just said we have very, many different layers we i like to look at it as we are an onion it smells like armpit sometimes but the more you peel the different layers to it right it, it, it different layers different stories the more you peel you cry then when you get to the core of it then you find answers to it. And I absolutely love how you, you put it. We have many layers to it and, and nothing is singular. And, and I agree with that. Now you mentioned purpose, right? And I absolutely love what you, you said about purpose where everyone has got a purpose and I, I'm with you. And my God, I'm with you hundred, not even hundred, a thousand million percent. Okay. I truly believe everyone has got a purpose. And, and this is the wrong mentality people have nowadays. And I think it's because of the seduction, Instagram, Snapchat, all these media outlets have propagated because they only celebrate people who are doing okay things, but they have got a million followers. Mm -hmm. two million followers because it's based on 
how many followers you get. So people are so seduced by that concept of you can only become an influencer or you can only make, make an impact if you have got a million followers because our era, the, the era that we're living in, I like to call it the seduction era. Everything is seduced. You're not really using the critical thinking skills. Everything is running at the speed of lightning where you can't even catch your breath anymore. And people are celebrated because they they did the dance in in the middle of, of Times Square. I mean, that's great that they're dancing, they're showing up the talents. That needs to be celebrated. But why are they being celebrated more than people who are actually the unsung heroes, right? What about the people who go around helping disabled people every day? And and why isn't that being broadcasted or telecasted? You know, it's just the misconception that's just such a huge dissonance as to what we're celebrating nowadays. And people feel or have adopted this mentality that my purpose is only impactful if I appear on the media, if I have one million followers, if I have that blue tick on my Instagram or Twitter, or if I have Facebook watch, or if Facebook comes to me and say, hey, we need you to create videos for this. The concept of purpose has been disfigured with the, with, with the help of social media. But purpose is more than that, like you said, everyone has got a purpose. And I was just telling the other day to, to my husband, actually. And I said, you know, because we were talking about purpose and he said, I do not know what my purpose is. And I say, you know, some people's purpose is not as big as Mother Teresa's or Oprah's or, you know, right. big precedents. Maybe your purpose is to make my mom laugh. Your purpose is to be there for me. You know, other people's purpose if they are a doctor taking care of a paralyzed mom, that's your purpose, to give love, to, to show love to someone who has lost their ability of independence, the ability to speak, the ability to move, or to, be, or, or, or to be an integral part of society. Because the minute you get disabled or paralyzed or ill, society looks at you as someone not, uh, looks at you as a non-contributing member. So people's purpose, they need to, to understand that it's not about having this grand romanticized concept as, oh, I need to be Oprah or I need to have one million followers. Your purpose can be as simple as helping your parents or helping someone to put a smile on them or even to, to talk with someone when they do not have people to talk to. Right. Well, I think it's like, it's also um, a discussion about success. Like I've been really fascinated about this culture, especially amongst women. It seems, I mean, there's also a, a huge following with men as well as like, you know, these coaches and you go to these seminars and you go to these conferences and it's all about success, success, success. And I feel like it's become so much about money, you know, that our our, our, our lives have become so focused on, like you said, you know, the amount of likes, the amount of followers, you know, even just us as individuals, it's like, oh, I only, like, I thought that post was really good and I only got two likes. And that happens all the time, you know? The majority of us are just normal people who post things that we care about. 
And, um, and then, yeah, there's this whole like success culture that's kind of going on. And I feel like that culture is actually really negative and really bad for, for all of us, especially when you're talking about purpose, because our purpose should never be about how much money you can make or even what your job is. It really should be about what you're giving to the world. You know, our lives are so short and we have such an opportunity to touch the people around us. Maybe we're not Oprah, you know, maybe we don't have a platform where we can speak to a million people, you know, just with the snap of our fingers, but maybe we can, you know, and that's, again, social media is so powerful that we can put our ideas and our thoughts out there. Instagram, Instagram live, YouTube, all these things. It's so important for us to put things out there. But I mean, one thing that I've thought so much about, um, through, and I've thought about success through, even through the project that I'm working on now, one girl revolution. When I'd started it, I had thought all about like, okay, I want to focus on individual women that are making a difference in the world. And what I ended up finding is these women are the most successful women I have ever met. And many of them don't have a penny to show for it, but they are the most joyful, giving, purposeful, purpose-filled people um, that I've ever encountered. And they've challenged me and, and really like each and every one of them, they're, they're, they've each said, it's not just about me, even though I'm looking at them and I'm saying, oh my gosh, look at this amazing woman who is changing the world for the better. She started an organization. She started a movement. She's done something incredible in her own community. I mean, it's a whole mix of different things. Um, but these women are like, I can't do it alone. I've had, you know, I have so many people and so many experiences that have brought them to where they are. Um, but I think that being you know, having a purpose and being successful should never be about money and it should never be about your job as much as like our jobs can be fulfilling and can give us an opportunity to really reach the world and make a difference. But sometimes our purpose is just for the people around us. You know, our purpose is just our immediate family. Our purpose is being there for our friends. Our purpose is for raising the babies, you know, like whatever your, whatever your stage state in life is, whatever your stage in life is, even the stay at home moms or stay at home dads, or, you know, people that are taking care of their elderly parents or whatever, you know, we all have a purpose. That's all a part of our purpose. And most of the time, those are going to be the things, Mila, at the end of our life. And that's what I think about when I think about purpose and I think about success. At the end of your life, what are the things that you're actually going to care about? What are the things that, you're, that are actually going to matter? It's not going to be how much money you made. It's not going to be how many likes you had on that one random picture. And so that's what I would encourage anybody who's listening to this is to think about at the end of your life what do you want your purpose to have been? You know, what, what do you want to have given to the world? Is it light? Is it life? Is it gratitude? Is it love? What is it? What is that thing? And fight for that. Sometimes it's just one thing. Sometimes it's a lot of things. Sometimes it's different chapters. Um, but yeah, I think that our purpose is, is, multifold and multifaceted, just like the onion you were talking about earlier. It's like, we're so we're multifaceted people. We're fascinating creatures and we're going to go through different layers and different chapters. And it's all a part of our, our journey of purpose. Oh, I absolutely love what you just said about purpose. And I love what you said that our job is not a purpose. So I saw a talk 
released by Simon Sinek. Oh, I love him. I just found out about him. I'm like obsessed with him. So I've been following him for years and I love his talks. I love his concepts and ideologies. And he said that, he, he spoke about purpose. He said, your job is not your purpose. And that is so true. And what you just touched on, our job is not our purpose. A lot of people, and this is the mentality that is promoted, that is promoted even within companies, right? Because I used to work for Fortune 500 company. And that was the mentality which was promoted, saying your purpose, your purpose for this job is to do something, whatever that was. And, and one of my managers, my previous managers, because when I expressed that, what I wanted to do for the company, which, which was not what I was doing, right? I said, well, I'd like to transition into this role because we had the liberty to do that in that company to create this program to impact women. And the response I got was, you do not know what your purpose is. You're struggling with your purpose. Your purpose is this job. And this is the job that defines you. And at that moment, I started thinking, my nine to five job is not my purpose. I do something to pay my bills and that was what I was doing. My purpose was to make an impact. And people have this wrong mentality of, if anything that you want to do that is visionary, or I think a big concept where you're thinking about, how can I impact not only myself, the people around me, my country, and countries around the world, People do not look at that as a purpose. People look at that as, oh, that's just a hobby that you have. That's just something on the side. It's a side hustle. It's not a side hustle. Right. Hustle is when I go find a job to pay off my school loans. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, and like everybody's journey looks a little different too, Mila. It's like some people, they their their job really is, you know, if they're a doctor or a lawyer or whatever, I mean, our, our purpose can also be merged with those things, but it doesn't fully def define who we are. And it is hard. I remember when I moved, when I left DC, leaving my full-time nine to five job, and I'm sure you, you went through something similar um, to start this project. Um, it was really difficult to talk about myself at first when I was at parties or different things. Cause people always ask you, what do you do? And I, I would always kind of like hesitate cause I do a lot of things, you know, I, I do even, even on job wise, you know, I uh, do PR for different companies and then, you know, that's what pays my bills. And then I'm running this um, co other company, one girl revolution. And it's hard to kind of drill down and explain that to people because our culture has gotten so much in the mindset that you are defined by what you do. You know, if you are a singer, like that's everything that you are. And, and even like there's a whole celebrity culture, like we treat celebrities, even though they're, they're normal people, just like everybody else, you know, and they have families and they have struggles and um, we're shocked when they're on the front of people magazine with some kind of, you know, some kind of crazy episode or whatever, but they're just normal like us. Um, but we're just multifaceted people and we're not defined. Yeah, our jobs might be be a huge part of our purpose. And that's not to say that people who are listening that, you know, your job might might be a big part of big part of who you are and who you are as a person and how you 
define yourself and how you would explain yourself to somebody, but maybe it's not. And maybe you have something bigger uh, that you're bigger in store for you and bigger dreams and, and visions. And yeah, I would encourage everybody to like, think about, you know, what are the different facets of your purpose? That is so true. There are different facets to purposes. Well, let's, I want to talk really quickly about what you mentioned just now, um, the concept of success, right? And how people view success as you can only, uh, how people view success as a very linear concept. People do not look at success as the different forms of success, right? And like you mentioned just now, people relate success to money, how much money you're making. And and that is so true. People think success is when you make money or when you when you graduate college or when you get when you climb up the corporate ladder. There's so many facets to to, to what success is, and people look at success as to some people, right? Because that's how they have been conditioned. When you ask them how does success look like to you, some might answer, "Oh, success looks like you know." Um, graduating from college, getting a nine to five job, and then having a family, having X number of kids, and then buying a house in Massachusetts or in Chicago in the suburbs. Or it, that's the ideal concept people have. Right. And when you ask this, the same question, what does success look like to you in, in different countries? I'm going to take, take uh, for example, give an example. If you ask someone from India or China, your success is going to be so different because they belong to so many different socioeconomic classes. Right. It's just not socioeconomic classes. They have got even classes within religious segregation. Success is so nuanced. The concept of what success looks like is so nuanced over that. And, you know, and when you ask someone what does success look like to you in Britain or in Ireland or in Malaysia, people are going to have different answers. And I asked, I actually had the opportunity to ask this question when I went on a journey to, to film my documentary a few months ago. I asked this question, what does success look like to you? To a few people in Malaysia, I asked, I actually asked a nine-year-old boy, what does success mean to you? What does success look like to you? His answer was success is when I help someone. Mm. That was very thought-provoking because he looked at helping someone else as he has achieved something and that was successful. He successfully helped someone. And he went in depth about, about how he helped someone where he was in school one day and one of his classmates fell down, tripped and fell. So he went to his friend's aid, helped him out, took him to the, they have a little nurse's office over there and helped the friend put some plaster and whatnot and clean up the wound. And as he was telling me the story, he said, that is what success looks like. And that was from a nine-year-old boy. And when I asked another person from Malaysia, different parts of the world, right? What is success to you? What does success mean to you? And that response was success is when I help my aging parents live a fulfilling life. And then when I asked the follow-up question, what is fulfilling? They said, fulfilling is just having a roof over their heads, 
having a meal every day and just living comfortably. So success is so different how people define that in different parts of the world. And then over here, like you said, people are so focused on money. What does success look like to you? Success can be, for me, Kate, waking up every day, being so thankful that I could feel, I could feel my feet, I could walk, I can breathe, I can see, I can hear, I can speak. That is success to me at a granular level for myself. Right. And for all of us, it might look a little different. And I think if you've been through something difficult in your life or even health conditions, you see how people's idea of success completely changes, you know, different, um, you know, uh, sports players or, you know, people who, who danced and then they had an injury, like their, their idea of success always was about whatever they were doing. Um, so it changes too, it can shift, but I think like we need to dig down into our own selves and say, what does success actually mean before we get kind of captivated by, by this, you know, successful, this culture of success, you know, this culture of entrepreneurship, which I'm not bashing entrepreneurship at all. Both of us on this call are like entrepreneurs, uh, in yeah, the grittiest and, whatever kinds of ways, like we're working really, really hard. And I think there's beauty in that. And that's what I love about America is that anything is possible. People can have dreams. It really is a place of American dreams. And I don't know, I don't know what's kind of caused this culture of, you know, about money and that success is like all about being on top of the world and having this platform and how much money you can raise and how many likes you can get. It might be, it might be that our parents and grandparents and great grandparents really struggled. You know, a lot of them were on food stamps and couldn't get by. And I see that a lot. You know, you see that a lot with entrepreneurs and people that are like, I didn't want that for my own life. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to, I wanted to go to college and get a better job. And, and I respect that. I respect that a hundred percent, but I don't know what has like made us so obsessed with making money and that success equals money and success means, you know, how much power you have, you know, on social media, how many people are following you, how many likes you get, uh, because I think that's really distorted. And so what we need to do is refocus our attention and say, what is my purpose? What was I made to be in this world? You know, maybe it is a job, you know, maybe it is that I was made to be a doctor or a professor or, uh, a teacher or a parent or whatever, you know, whatever your calling is, that's a part of our purpose, but it's not all of it. Right. And, and you mentioned about what you do not know what promoted this, this whole concept of to be successful is to make money. And, you know, I'm with you, I'm with you when, you know, some people, when they, when they do see, where their parents have suffered or their grandparents suffered, they have that motivation to, okay, this is what I'm going to impact on and this is what I have found that my parents or my grandparents have been struggling with and this is how I'm going to shift to make a change. But at the same time, when people do not have that back-end story, whatever the motives are or they do not have a motive, it just can be pure, I want to be famous. And that could be that my purpose is to be famous. In your mind that they are convinced that that is your purpose. But I feel that somehow along the way, 
and we talk about scarcity and we talk about how success has been correlated to money all this while. I feel that somehow along the way, we have adopted the concept of poverty into our lives at different levels. Poverty of the mind, poverty of how we speak, poverty of how we treat other people, poverty of having mindfulness of our worth or of ourselves. Poverty is just more money, like like we were talking about just now, nothing is singular, everything is nuanced. So poverty comes into place as well, where it ties in really well with scarcity, where we have this this urge to, oh my God, if I don't do not do it, someone else is going to steal it. And then that plagues our mind to, to think about, to take poverty at a next level. You know, we do not have the capability to think think big or become visionaries like we were talking about just then. Right. And that ties in with, with, you know, the whole concept of, of having this tunnel vision, right? When we have right. poverty of the mind and, and we're just fight, fighting, not fighting, but you know, running after success and correlating success with money, we have tunnel vision as to, okay, I'm only going to focus about this. I do not care about anyone else around me or anything else around me. I'm just going to achieve this so I will be up here. Mm. And, and that is not how we move towards uh, a growth mindset or right. towards an abundant mindset as opposed to scarcity, right? We are trying to move away from scarcity, trying to move away from poverty of the mind, trying to move away from a singular concept of success into abundance and growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's like two extremes, you know, I think you can like live in this scarcity mindset and then you could also have this tunnel vision and it's like you can't have tunnel vision because you need to pay attention to the people around you there are people that you there are people in this world that you will be the only person that impacts their life you are the only person and if you really believe that you'll you'll see your purpose you know sometimes our purpose is small like to maybe to the world it looks small but it's massive in the whole scheme of things you know maybe we're the one person that actually helped somebody else find their purpose you know that they were really struggling or having difficulties so i think yeah there's a there's like these two extremes where it's like you could have your tunnel vision and not pay attention to anybody and then you could have the scarcity mindset where i'm i'm not enough you know look at everybody else and unfortunately in the world we live in it's like we have to find a way to navigate that and not really fall into either that's true now let's talk about worth right because scarcity is also related to our worth right so somehow we feel that we are not enough not somehow we all know why because of what of multiple contributors social media, people, our environment, our work, our friends. And sometimes it can be people whom we love and whom we are really close to in like family. And our self-worth can diminish and dissipate over time if we give in. And people need to realize that their self-worth is not correlated to how many likes they get, how many followers they have, or if, if people 
like them in in a school setting right because i've been bullied before as a child and and you as a child i (laughs) same i think everybody though everybody could tell a story everyone could tell a story even the bullies there's somebody that bullied them it's like everybody has those stories right and and this is something that i was thinking about in debt for the past few days it's and finally i i wrote it down it is so important to understand someone else it is understand to it is imperative to understand people who do not understand us it can be people who yell at us who bully us who mistreat us who are in a sexist against us anything and and all that can be changed by our conversation over a meal. Right. I feel that when we, sh- when we share a meal or a cup of tea or coffee, if you like coffee, or bourbon, if you like bourbon, when you share a conversation over a meal or a drink, something about sharing a meal triggers that communal concept or environment within two people. And that conversation open, opens up, right? And opens up to understanding other people. The more we understand each other, it's just not the self-work that increases. The work of contributing, the work of being purposeful, not just to yourself, but to someone else also grows. And right. I think that's so important. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so it's so important. And like you said, you know, sitting down with somebody that you disagree with, we we don't do ourselves any favors by segregating ourselves and saying, I'm this, I'm that. You know, and in in this very divisive world that we live in, of course there are gonna be things that you believe in. Of course there are gonna be, you know, your politics or, you know, whatever. There's a whole variety of different things that divide us. And we're kind of challenged to think think in that divisive mindset, you know, we're, we're thought to, we're taught to segregate ourselves from other people that disagree with us. And sometimes that's because we're being, you know, somebody bullies us because of what we believe or what we think, or we try to stand up for what, um, we know is true. And, um, you know, you can kind of start to segregate yourself. And, um, but then we also segregate ourselves from other people. Oh, that person, we judge them for not actually knowing who they are as a person. We judge them for, oh, they posted that on social media and I thought it was, I didn't like it or I disagreed with it. And so we end up creating, that's, I mean, there's, there's a massive lack of community in the world today. Everybody feels segregated. Everybody feels alone. Social media, I think, is partially to blame for that, but not solely. I think there's a lot of, a lot of it really goes back to us, you know, that we are the ones that are segregating ourselves from other people. And it is hard. It's so hard to sit down with somebody and say, hey, I know we disagree, but I just want to try and understand your mindset. And I want to understand where you're coming from. And so many things in my life that I've done, I've had to learn, even from a young age, had to learn how to do that, you know, had to learn how to talk to people that I disagree with, sometimes peers, sometimes older people that disagree with me. Um, But I love that. Now I've grown to love it. I love sitting down with people that I disagree with something, maybe even like some huge, massive thing 
um, you know, I, I'm a Christian and I sometimes have people that are like, oh, she's, she's Christian. Like, don't talk to her. You know, she, she wouldn't like this or she wouldn't like, you know, I get people that do that and they don't actually know me. Like they actually haven't sat down and said, and that's so much of the culture. That's so much of the world that we judge people by things that we see on social media. We judge ourselves. Um, because we don't level up to what other people are doing. And so I really, I wish we could just like put that mindset, like that really to me is one of the most detrimental things in the world today is, you know, us. And it really kind of goes back to everything that we started out talking about, um, the scarcity mindset, but I wish we could just find ways to build bridges. And I know that's what you're trying to do. Um, and that's what hundred percent what I'm trying to do with one girl revolution. If you lined up every single woman that I've interviewed from one girl revolution, every single one of them would disagree with another one about something else. And I would probably disagree with all of them about something and they would disagree with me about something. But what's so beautiful is I've just tried to like blow that, blow that like out of the water and just say, where can we build a bridge? That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about like, we're all on this journey together. We all have our struggles. We all have our difficulties. Like none of us are perfect. Um, but just kind of owning that and saying, look, I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. You know, I strive to be on a journey, look, searching for truth. You know, I strive to be that way. And so I always have said to people, like, if you disagree with me or you know something that I don't know, tell me, like, I want to know, I want to find out what, is true. And I'm on this journey towards that. And so where can we come together and have these discussions and not just be like looking at our phones all the time? I mean, that's the problem is we're like, we are our face in our phones instead of just looking people in the eye and saying, I see you and I see your value and I see your purpose and I love you for who you are. Even if I disagree with you, even if I disagree with how you're living your life, even if you're down this like, you know, crazy rabbit hole or going through something really difficult, you know, I love you for who you are as a person. And I just want to love you for a second. I love what you just said about disagreeing, right? And you brought up a point about how if you lined up every woman that you have interviewed on model revolution, and they might all disagree with each other. That is a great example that you gave Kate because we need to really understand and this ties with the concept of singularity that we spoke about right there is no one meaning there is no one solution there's no one perspective to anything right and that is the whole point of it is imperative to understand where everyone is coming from like and this is the same concept, it goes on social media as well, where someone writes about courage. Let's say influencer A writes about courage, and then influencer B will write about courage from her or his stance. And then influencer C will give a talk about courage from their perspective, right? And then uh, influencer Z will come and say, oh, all of you are wrong, this is what it is, and I've done my research. But research is always changing, Perspective is always changing because research is so limited, right? You can research, you can do quanti uh, qualitative and, and quantitative research. But quantitative research is based on just like 200 people or 300 people, which is not representative of the whole world. It's not representative of everyone. 
but it is still a valid research because it comes from your perspective. Right. And someone else might talk about courage from their perspective and their own personal experience. And that's still a valid point. And this all ties with the concept of singularity, it, why it's, it's detrimental to, to have a singular mindset, right? Right. And that ties with scarcity as well. Because when we are so scarce in our mindset, we can't really understand and become or have that think big vision as to it is important to listen to everyone. Because when we listen to everyone, we give everyone a voice. And that's what you're doing on One Girl Revolution. You are listening and giving people voices to share their story. Even though the next guest that you're going to invite and interview has got this the same title of the story but their journey is different yeah all of our journeys are different every single person and that's the thing is like we're all so unique our purpose is so different but even what we believe and what we stand for is going to be different not ever you know nobody I, there just aren't carbon copies of people. Maybe twins, maybe twins are like, but they're overall, even though that though, like there are people, yeah. there are family members that have totally different, different perspectives on things. And you're so right. I mean, people put a lot of, um, people put a lot of belief in polling and statistics and different things, which they all matter. I believe that those things matter, but there are a lot of things that are ever changing, ever evolving, and we're ever evolving, you know? And so our, even like the things that we think, you know, could change if we have an experience or meet somebody else or whatever, they're always going to be, we're always evolving. And so I think that's beautiful. I like what, you said that we are ever so evolving and we're changing. It's true. I don't look like the same person I was when I was five. Or right. So yeah. that is proof. Your hair, your hair changes. You go gray. So yeah, <laughs> true. We're ever evolving. Yeah. Our, yeah. Everything about us, but even the things that we think, you know, um, it's, it's ever evolving and we should be challenging ourselves and we should be open to those changes and we should be open. I think we can have conversations with people if we're open to what they're saying, if we're open, really open to who they are as a person. And that's what I've always strived to be with one girl is how can I just love this person? And like, I, I, there's obviously a reason. I mean, these are all stories of women who are doing really incredible, inspiring things. So there's a reason why I reached out to them and asked them if they would do be a part of this project. But my mind is blown every single time because these women are so multifaceted and, and amazing and fascinating. And there's just so many, so much depth to who they are as persons, but that's all of us. You know, we are all fascinating creatures and we need to start looking at ourselves in that way. And like, even in our like, quirks or annoying things that we do, you know, we all have things that we're like, Oh, why did I do that again? Or this is so annoying. I wish I wouldn't do that. But even in that, there is nobody else out there like us. And even in our failures and even in the things that we're not good at, or, you know, our brokenness, there is so much beauty in our brokenness. I think Kelly Clarkson has a new song about that too. <laughs> Broken but I'm beautiful. <laughs> I didn't try and steal it from her, but I just thought of that as I was saying, as the words were coming out of my mouth, I was thinking about inspiration. Yeah. So. yeah I, I agree with you. I, 
I think that, not I think, I know that for us to move from a scarcity mindset, we have to build and near our self-worth. We have to embrace that our purpose is not singular and our purpose is not tied to our jobs. It can be, but right. the, there's much more to it. And we have to embrace that success is also nuanced. Nothing has a singular concept. You know, no concepts come from a singular lens. Everything comes from a nuanced lens. And we also need to embrace that we are unique and we are ever so changing. Do you want to add anything else, Kate? I mean, I think we covered, we covered so much and I just would encourage everybody who's listening to look at themselves, you know, stop looking at, and and, and there's always going to be a temptation when you're looking at social media and, you know, there's always just this natural human temptation that we want to compare ourselves to other people, but challenge that mindset in yourself and look at yourself and look at your, look for your purpose look at your gifts and talents, you know, you'll see your struggles and other things as well, but those are beautiful. Um, just as beautiful as your gifts and talents and all of the great things about you. I think our, our negatives and our quirks are really just kind of what makes us human. And there's a humility that comes with that. I think that that was one thing that we didn't really get into, but I think that humility is so important, you know, that we know, we recognize that we are not perfect. We are not good at everything and we're not better than anyone else. Um, there's a humility that comes with all of these discussions, but I just want to encourage anybody who's listening to look at themselves and recognize that they are as unique as their fingerprint that they have a purpose, that they were made for something great in this world. And sometimes the great thing that you were made for is just being there for somebody in your own family or being there in your own community and being present to them. So don't miss those opportunities. Don't miss those moments because those are world-changing, life-changing moments just as much as Oprah holding an event for a million people is a life-changing, world-changing moment. Beautifully put. I wanted to say, oh my God, we need to do a second part where we talk about humility because ego and kindness. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Ego and kindness cannot exist on the same plane and it cannot be present in order to fully understand kindness and move into, um, to to embrace humility. So we are definitely doing a second part. (laughs) Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Let's do it. Yeah, I can't believe it was that was something that I kept thinking about as we were talking. But you know, humility is there's a lot to break down there. So that sounds great. Right. Yeah. We will we will be releasing second part folks. But this brings an end to our raw talk with (laughs) on human becomings. And you can find Kate on her social media platforms and I'll let her share with you where you can find her. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at One Girl Revo. That's the number one girl R E V O, or at OneGirlRevolution.com. The number OneGirlRevolution.com. Brilliant. Thank you again, Kate, for coming on board. Thank you so much for having me, Mila. It's been awesome.